the youth we've been doing um, Second Chance September, and we've just been bringing back some of the old favourite games and stuff that we've been doing with the kids. Um, so we've been doing things like um, Spotlight and um, oh, Pizza Night, where they get to make crazy pizzas and all kinds of fun stuff. We've um, taken them to Dunedin next week to um, Uprising at Equippers Church, um, which is a concert. Basically, it's a, a big youth rally. Um, with all the combined churches around from Southland and Dunedin and stuff, it's going to be a guy coming down from up north to preach, which is really cool. And then we're going to be doing family tea because we always do family tea at the end of um, at the end of the term. It's just a great place. Just get them round, have a big roast dinner, and feed them and stuff. This time we're going to invade Sam and Cam's just to mix it up a wee bit, which is really awesome. So we're going to road trip them to Alex. But it's been just a really cool time just to you know, bring back some of the old favourite stuff that we've done, but also an awesome opportunity to share with the youth that failure isn't fatal, and if they mess up, it doesn't change their worth or their value, that we still love them, and God still loves them. You know, And, um, and it's been a really awesome, awesome thing to do. You know, teaching them that God is a God of you know, second, fourth, twentieth, one hundred chances, and it's not just reserved for that other person down the road. You know, but it's available for each of us. So on Friday night, um, Ray was sharing some really embarrassing stu- um, stories with the youth. It was pretty hilarious um, about some of the things that he's done when he was younger. I'm not going to share them because I couldn't tell them as well as he could, but also they're not mine to share. Um, they're not appropriate. <laughs> they're also not appropriate. <laughs> um, but um, he was just sharing how some things that happened when he was younger, and things could have gone really, really badly, but his friends covered for him. And, um, the, you know, the youth laughed hysterically for ages and ages, but afterwards they actually started to open up about moments in their life where they had messed up in really hilariously embarrassing ways. And it was a really incredible moment to be able to pray for them, um, to make to pray for them about those moments so that they no longer had to feel embarrassed or ashamed and hold on to those moments, that those moments that had happened did not define them. And um, they really opened up, and it was just really cool. Um, and that the, they shared so much that at the end of the night, we just had to kick them out, like, go home. It's 9 o'clock. We're taking you home. Get in the car. We're going. You know, like, your parents are waiting for you. So it was just awesome. And, you know, like, a whole heap of them put their hands up and said, hey, I want to have a Bible. I want to know more about God. And um, it's really cool that when we make ourselves vulnerable um, and, you know, Ray paid a cost in telling those stories, it could come back to bite him at school some stage. In fact, I am willing to bet that it will. But um, he paid a cost and those kids started to open up and we felt that something really cracked that night, which is really, really exciting. It's awesome to see a generation of young people who have been without hope, who have been without... Um, you know, any Christian influence whatsoever open up to the possibility of a God who loves them, who, um, who cares about them, who, who gives them hope. And it's awesome to see that. So um, just really, really cool. So in sharing with them that um, sometimes some things can happen in our lives that we hold on to causing us to feel ashamed, anxious and afraid. And we hold on to that pain as if we're still in that situation today. You know, we may have messed up with friends or family, or maybe we made decisions that have caused us to have regrets, but years later, it can still have an effect on our lives, and it limits us from the life that God has created us to live. So for me, my personality type is a high feeler, um, which means that my emotions can often, well, more than often, generally as a 
in a rule. Um, overall, any common sense. So just ask Ravi, like, oh, shiny things, let's buy it. And Ray's like, no, darling, we need to eat for the month. You know, so I'll be like, oh, I want this. And practical common sense goes by the wayside. Now, but it also means to me that when something bad happens, I tend to hold on to it for a long, long time. And I'll, um, I'll hold on to the emotions that were associated with that. I'll, if I felt hurt, if I felt that I'd wronged someone and done, stuffed up and done something bad, I'll hold on to that for a long time. Every time I see that person, um, that comes to my forefront. And I'm often thinking about, okay, right, are they still thinking about that? I think it's still, you know, in their mind and going on. And I'll just hold on to the shirt, the, the hurt and the pain and shame and everything um, long after things are resolved. And it's, you know, it's quite problematic. But, you know, God doesn't want us to live like that. He created us to live in freedom. John 8, 36 says, Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, in fact, God gave us the ultimate and second chances by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Now, he gave us a second chance at being free from shame, guilt, regret, and fear. And we just have to choose what we do with that second chance. You know, do we just grab hold of it with both hands and never let go, or are we uncertain that it applies to us? And there's so many stories in the Bible of when um, God just gives people second chances, and I just love it. Um, and one of those that comes to mind for me is um, John 8.10. John 8, 1 to 10. And it's, just, it's known as the story of the adulterous woman. So it starts off, Jesus went to Mount Olives, but he was soon back in the temple again. Swarms of people came to him. He sat down and taught them. The religion scholars and Pharisees led in the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They stood her in plain sight of everyone and said, Teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses, in the law, gives orders to stone such persons. What do you say? They were trying to trick him into saying something incriminating so that they could bring charges against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the dirt. They kept at him, badgering him. He straightened up and said, The sinless one among you, go first. Throw the stone. Bending down again, he wrote something on the dirt. Hearing that, they walked away, one after another, beginning with the eldest. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her, Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? Now the crowd wanted to <laughs> condemn this woman. The religious leaders who had accused her had already decided her punishment was death and they were ready to carry that out. In a situation that was utterly hopeless and there seemed no way out, she was given a second chance through God. I just love that story because none of us are perfect. None of us are sinless. None of us are blameless. And sometimes we put people on the pedal stool and think, oh, well, they've got everything sorted. But actually, none of us do. None of those leaders were sinless. None of them were blameless. So they couldn't cast a stone. While their sin may not have been the same, and it may not have, um, it may not have been as obvious as hers, none of them were blameless. And I love that, that God sees us all the same. Now, how often have you found yourself in a situation that was completely hopeless and you felt there was no way out? You may find yourself identifying with that today, and I want to encourage you that God is in the midst of your situation. You know, he hasn't forgotten or abandoned you. He isn't sitting back removed from the situation, but he is right there with you, walking you through it. Where there is uncertainty, his love is steadfast, and his grace and mercy are overflowing. And I want to encourage you, because he is guiding you through this season. 
you know, the woman had all her sin and shame laid out for everyone to see. But Jesus didn't condemn her. Instead, he protected her and he gave her a second chance. His only instruction was to go sin no more. Now, I don't know what this, where this woman went or, or what she did after this, because we don't know anything more about her. But I don't believe that she went living the same way. The second chance that she had was given literally saved her life. Now, each of us are recipients of God's second chances. Many of us have had multiple chances. Our God is merciful and gracious, and he loves his kids. You know, I know that from my own kids, when they stuff up, we don't wipe our hands with them and say, yeah, that's it, I'm done, that's it, see you later, I'll put a $20 note to the back of you and wish you the best of luck, I'm done. You know, it's not, it's not quite how it works. Um, you know, we pick them up, dust them off, most likely give them a stern talking to, well, I do anyway, um, and a hug and a kiss and always give them another opportunity to do things better. And this is what our God does for us. He picks us up, lets us know he loves us, and he gives us another chance. Now, this isn't li- license to go out and deliberately sin. It's not like a free pass. Woohoo, let's live it up and do what we want. That's not how it works. But while the enemy would condemn us for our shortcomings and our failings, for God, it's an opportunity to show his love and his mercy and his grace towards us. Now, Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered, immense in love, and you never, never quit. Now, I love that. God never, never quits on us. Now, the Bible is full of heroes who God never quit on. They didn't start out as heroes or amazing men and women of God, but they had a heart for God, and they didn't allow their stuff-ups to disqualify them. God gave them a second chance. So I've got a wee, um, wee thing. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Be glad you don't go to that church. Um, <laughs> Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. You know, you. <laughs> You, you can't get more, Lazarus was dead, you can't get more in, like, it's all over from here, but, you know, God gave him a second chance. And we don't know what our second chance is going to look like. Your past does not disqualify you, okay? Your future is not dis- determined by your past. Your future is not determined by what you used to be. Your future is not determined by what you used to do. But your future and my future is determined by who Jesus Christ is and what he can and will do. Our future has nothing to do about where we've come from. You know, you may think, oh God, but you don't know what I've done. Yes, he does. Oh God, you don't know where I've been and that way I've messed up. Yes, he does. Oh, but God, you don't understand. Yes, he does. You know, you are not disqualified. God has created each and every one of you with a plan and a purpose. 
He designed you with a plan and purpose. He designed you and created you on purpose. And you might think, oh, but you don't understand my situation. Yes, he does. Oh, but God. But God. You know, we may think it's all over. There's no, there's no, coming, there's no coming back from this. Lazarus was dead. Okay? <laughs> if he can get a second chance, you can get a second chance. And multiple second chances. Believe me, I've had multiple second chances. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for a God who is gracious. He's far more gracious than I am. Um, you know, for a God who is just so generous with his love and his grace and his mercy. You know, and that is not just for me, but it's for each and every one of you. You know, multiple, multiple times. What God has done for others, he will do for you. Now, I just want to encourage you, you might be thinking, oh, I think my time has passed, I think I've missed my window of opportunity. You know, God, my life has gone different to how I wanted it to turn out, how I thought it would turn out. My life has gone different to how I thought it would turn out. Okay, I, I thought that I'd be backpacking around the world as a war photographer. That was my plan. God had other ideas, because I'm not fit enough to run against bullets and bombs, <laughs> and I don't have a stomach for gross things. But, you know, God had a different plan. And I would much rather be in the here and now what God's plan is. And then you might think, but God, um, you know, like, I I just don't think I'm in where it is that you want me to be. You know what? God's in the midst of where you are right now. And he knows you and he loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. And while you may not be walking in what what you think is, like what he's told you his promises for you, this is a season of preparation. This is a season where he is preparing you and he is teaching you. And I just want to encourage you, embrace the season. I'm loving the fact that it's spring now. Starting to embrace the fact that it's like, yes, it's spring. And then the season changes and it like snows because that's great. <laughs> but you know what? Where you are right now, the season that you're in, God's in the midst of it with you. I just really want to encourage you with that. I want to um, open up the altar this morning to pray. I'm going to finish in just a minute. Um, but if you are wanting prayer, I'd love to pray for you. You know, If you're holding on to experiences that still cause you pain or shame and you feel limited by them, then we'd love to pray with you today. And we want to see you set free from that because you don't have to hold on to the pain and the shame and the things that have happened in your past. You don't have to. Today is a new day. You are a new creation in Christ. Okay? And if you feel disqualified by your past, then we would love to stand with you and partner with you to pray and so you step into all that God has for you. Okay?